Like I said, we're in a series called Fresh Eyes, where we're coming to the Christmas story uh, and, and giving a, a fresh perspective to it. Um, last week, we, we started out and we looked at the story of Mary. We, we discovered how even when we don't understand what God is doing, we have to fall back and remember what God has spoken. Mary didn't understand everything God was up to, but she trusted and she stood on what God had spoken. And so many times in life, we're not going to understand what God is up to. We're not always going to know what God is doing, but we can always remember what God has spoken. Uh, so, so today we're going to transition into part two. And last week we talked a little bit about one of my favorite things, which is Christmas movies. Today we're going to talk about another one of the, the best things that comes along with Christmas. That is Christmas toys. How many of you are, are young enough at heart to say, I still love Christmas toys? Uh, uh, some of us, uh, what, what were some of the Christmas toys you wanted when you were a kid? Somebody give me, give me some help here. Type, you wanted a typewriter? How old are you? Uh, God, dog, typewriter for Christmas. Teresa in 1800s, man. Uh, I love, you're like, you're like my age. What a, man, I don't even know. All right, what's somebody else? What's something you wanted a, a toy? You wanted a skateboard? Now, Pam is young at heart. Uh, that's what I'm talking about. That's probably this year Pam probably wants a skateboard. Uh, what else? What else? Tim? Tim wanted Hot Wheels, little little Matchbox Hot Wheels cars. That's right. I remember that. Well, I heard some over here. Super Nintendo. Yes, absolutely. Anybody else? Something I wanted for Christmas? A go-kart. That's a good toy. Uh, yeah, very nice, very nice. Well, when, when I was about five or six years old, there was something that I really wanted for Christmas. And uh, my parents were not always good at coming through with what I wanted for Christmas. But in this instance, they did come through. This was the it toy of that Christmas season. Um, and it is a viewfinder. Uh, anybody, anybody remember these? Raise your hand if you ever had one of these. Almost the whole church, right? You know, you can actually still get these on Amazon. This is a knockoff. This is a Viewmaster. Uh, apparently, Viewfinder went out of business. Uh, but this, this is the Viewmaster. So I need, uh, I need a little bit of help with this. Isaiah, come up here with me. Come on, Isaiah. Everybody get up for Isaiah. All right. What I, what I want you to do, Isaiah, I want you to look. Hang, hang on, let me make sure I got it on the right one. Nope. <laughs> All right. Uh, the, the way this thing works, if you're not familiar, is you look in this, and there's a filter in here, and it's going to change what you see. So, Isaiah, tell us right now, what do you see right now? Oh, uh, the crowd. The crowd. Good answer. All right, now I want you to look in there. It's the picture of uh, the famous picture of somebody walking on the moon. All right, now go ahead and hit that again. Now what do you see? Uh, a, a marking in the ground. It's a footprint. Uh, <laughs> that's right. Give it up for Isaiah. Saw that marking in the ground. So this is, this is obviously a space filter. They make all kinds of different filters for these. Um, when I was a kid, I remember I had a Mickey Mouse filter. I had a DuckTales filter a little bit later on. Um, then I wasn't supposed to have this because I wasn't supposed to watch it, but me and my friends swapped them, and so I had one kind of under the table. I had a Star Wars filter. Uh, I, remember, I remember Darth Vader uh, looking through there, seeing Yoda. Uh, so, so you have all these different filters. It changes 
what you see. And I think this is a great metaphor for us in life because you see how you view life changes how you do life. How you view life affects how you do life. In fact, how you view life drives how you do life. The things that you see when you look at something, that's going to drive the way that we live. We all have filters that we use to view the world around us. For some of us, our filter many times is going to be the filter of our past experiences. In fact, I say for most of us, we oftentimes filter things through our past experiences. In fact, a lot of times when somebody does something and hurts us or offends us, it's not really the thing that they did that hurt us. It's the years of them doing something similar. And so now then that thing happens, we immediately filter it through what's happened to us in our past. Many of you are, are going to see people for Christmas that maybe you're not looking forward to seeing. Maybe Christmas doesn't bring just joy and happiness and mistletoe and making out and all those other things, right? Like, maybe Christmas brings some hesitation. Maybe Christmas brings some, some fear. Maybe for you, you look at, man, I, I, I know I got to see dad. I know I got to see grandma. I know I got to see uncle so-and-so. But, man, every time I see uncle so-and-so, we start debating about the president and things get ugly and... And, and there's some fear that comes there. And so many, I want you to see this, that many times those things that hurt, those things that the enemy uses to, to cause pain and offense, it's not really the thing that's happening to you that bothers you. It's the filter that you're looking through. It's all the stuff that's happened in the past that's built up to cause us to see it. You see, I, I call this the, the look at filter. So many of us, in fact, all of us have look at filters. We look at the past or we look at our circumstances. Travis talked a little bit uh, about money, about having seasons where he didn't have a job. Now, when you go through a season where you don't have a job, you know it's really easy to start looking at the bank account. It's really easy to start looking at the bills. Like that's the filter that we go through, right? When we're in a time of financial hardship, we start looking at the numbers, when your marriage doesn't seem to be going the direction that you want it to go, you start looking at the issues. Or, or maybe instead of looking at the problems, you start looking at the distraction from the problem. Here's this person over here who actually treats me good. Here's this person that I work with who's actually nice to me. And we start looking at this thing over here and we get distracted. You see, the things that we look at, the way that we view life, drives how we do life. All of us know this. All of us understand this. What does it have to do with Christmas? Well, I believe it has everything to do with Christmas because you see, at Christmas, God presented to us an opportunity to change our filter. He presented to us an opportunity to take out the way that we used to view life and put in a new way to view life, and I want to show you how. You see, last week we looked at Luke chapter 1 and the story of Mary discovering that she is going to have a baby. Today we're going to advance in the story to Luke chapter 2, to the night when that baby is born. Nine months later, Mary actually gives birth to this child, this miracle child, this divine child. And as God shows up on earth, as Emmanuel arrives, God with us comes on to the scene God introduces for us in this story a new group of people. 
And what's interesting about this group of people we discover in Luke chapter 2 is, is, as far as we can tell, they're not particularly religious. They're not particularly unique in any kind of a special way. They're not at a church service. They're not at that Christmas Eve service. They're, they're just doing what they normally do. They're out at work making sure that they can pay the bills. Just getting through one more day, getting to one more paycheck. In all likelihood, these, this particular group that we see, they're working the night shift. In all likelihood, they're probably sitting around a campfire. They're tending sheep. They're shepherds, and the sheep were probably pretty safe. They were probably in a pretty good condition, and so they're probably sitting around the campfire. And what do you do when you sit around the campfire? Talk about life, right? Man, here, man, what's going on? Like when you're, when you're at work, you connect with those people that you work with, that you like, or maybe you don't even really like them, but they're the only people there to talk to, so you, you talk to them anyway. So these shepherds are sitting around. We don't know if they were friends. We don't know if they were boys or they just happened to work together, but they're sitting around, and they're probably talking about life. They're probably talking about all the things that they're looking at. They're looking at the fire. They're looking at the sheep. They, they, they might be looking at some of their past experiences. Man, remember that time when that wolf came and you ran off like a girl, right? Like, right, they might be looking at some of the stuff that went on in their experience, but, but they're looking at life just like you or I would do. And then something happened that changes them and honestly changes Everything, And we're going to come to the story starting in Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 8. And it says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. What did you put in that eggnog? Right? What is going on? Listen, an angel shows up out of nowhere. The glory of God shows up, and they start freaking out. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. Everybody say, do not be afraid. If you can get the right filter this Christmas season, I believe you can go into it and not be afraid. He says, do not be afraid. Why? Because I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Love that. Jesus is good news who brings great joy. See, it's not just that there's good news about Jesus. It's that Jesus himself is good news. When you meet Jesus, you meet good news. When you have Jesus in your life, you have good news. When you give Jesus a new area of your life and begin to submit to a greater part of lordship for him, you, that is always good news. The more of your life he has, the more good news you have. He's good news. So they show up and they say, we have good news that causes great joy. For who? Everybody. Not just for the people in the palace, not just for the people at the top, top of society, not for the people that everybody wants to be, even for the lowly shepherds. Even for you guys who are out here working the night shift, wishing you had a better job, wishing you had something that paid better, that was warmer, that, that was a little more uh, higher on the social hierarchy. Even for you, shepherds, this is good news that brings great joy. Verse 11, he says, today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. And then suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. Now again, you know this story. You've heard this story, right? Like you've heard this read time and time and time again. You're familiar with it. So we got to push beyond our familiarity with it to, to come to the story with fresh eyes, to allow it to impact us afresh and anew. 
So what happens here in this story is our, is our shepherds, they go from looking at their situation, at their campfire, at their sheep, at their dead-end job, at their frustrations in life. They go from looking at, and something happens, and they begin to look up. And I believe that is the key to changing everything for you this Christmas season. I believe that's the key to changing everything for you as you go beyond Christmas, as we get into 2018 and 2020 and whatever lies beyond in your life is learning to look at life through not just the look at filter, but beginning to click that button. Say, you know what? I can look up. Remember what Isaiah told you is in here? We got pictures of outer space, right? This thing takes me to a new place. My, my child, like, and I couldn't find one. I wanted to order it. They don't make a Star Wars filter anymore, apparently. Get it together, Viewmaster. But, but it takes you to a new place, right? It takes you to, to a place that's completely different than the place that you're sitting in. And that's what the look up filter can do in your life. Instead of just looking at your problems, instead of looking at your frustrations, instead of looking at all the stuff that's not going the way you want it to go, and all the stuff that hurts in your body, and all the stuff that you don't, can't afford this year, and the great toy that you can't get for your kid for Christmas, and all that stuff, instead of just looking at it, we can step back and look up. And when we step back and we look up, we see things in a new way. And I appreciate that. You're going to be clapping even more later on, I promise. Because this is encouraging. This is important. This will help you. God intervened in the shepherd's life. And he gave them a new way to view what was going on. I wonder how many of us spent more time in 2017 looking at than looking up. I'm not here to put you down if you spent a lot of time looking at. That's our default. That's normal. That's, that's called life, right? That's called human. That's called I'm just a guy. I'm just a girl. That's just the way we do it. But I wonder how different your 2017 would have looked if you could have flipped that ratio. Maybe you were 70-30. Maybe you were 95-5. What if you could have flipped that ratio? What instead of just looking at the doctor's report? What instead of just looking at the empty bank account? What instead of just looking at the frustration with your boss or your kids or whatever it was? What if you spent more time looking up and seeing who God is and what he's declaring in your life and what he's speaking over your life and what he came to bring you good news of great joy about? How different would things have gone? Can I say it would have changed your circumstances? No, I can't promise you it changed your circumstances. But I can promise you it changed your feelings. It changed, you see, your, your perspective is going to drive your feelings. The way that we look at life drives how we do life. It probably would have changed your responses. Probably would have changed the things that you did in response to your year. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. When you view life through the up filter, here's what happens. Life begins to fill with a three-letter word, A-W-E. You step back and you get some awe. One of my favorite things about the Christmas season is when we can come back to the Christmas story, we can rediscover some awe. Oh, my gosh. He actually left heaven and he came to earth for me. Oh my gosh, a little virgin, this young lady who didn't know what was going on. She actually was chosen to be used by God to bring this child into the world. There is awe all throughout the Christmas story. These shepherds, these forgotten people, these people who are at the lowest end of Jewish society, God chose them to let them know on the night the baby was born. These magi, we're going to talk about them next week. These people who lived far away from Jerusalem, far away from Bethlehem, far away from what God was up to. They saw a star and they were inspired by that and moved by awe and they came across 
to adore him. There's all, all throughout the Christmas story. And if we can begin to look at life through the look up filter instead of just the look at filter, I believe we're going to bring a whole lot more all into our lives. I want to illustrate this to you maybe a different way. Hopefully this will paint a picture for you that you can remember. Anybody here ever heard of Andre the Giant? Andre the Giant had like some student, you know, some people who were like almost asleep, like, boom, yes, I'm there. I'm back with you. That's why we use illustrations like this. Suck them back in, right? Andre the Giant, if you're not familiar with Andre the Giant, Andre the Giant, uh, he's probably best known for his appearance in The Princess Bride, one of the best movies of all time. Uh, but, but before he was in The Princess Bride and his primary career was not actually acting, his primary career is he was a professional wrestler. He was listed at seven foot four inches, and depending on what year in his career, anywhere from 320 pounds all the way up to 540 pounds. Andre the Giant was big, right? You don't get the name the Giant uh, because you're six foot three, right? That's tall. This was the Giant. This guy would make Travis look puny, right? Like, like, shrink, like he could stand behind Travis in worship and still see the words. Um, so. So he was Andre the Giant. And well, Andre the Giant, probably everywhere that he went, people were amazed, right? Like you, if you've ever just been around just a large, large, large human like that, it, it, it kind of takes you back. Somebody who has to bend over to get inside the door, like, man, that, that catches your attention. But one time, one specific moment in his life, he was somewhere, he was actually in an airport, and a photographer captured a moment of extreme awe that I think illustrates this for us in a fantastic way. Would you put that picture up for us? Here's Andre, and here's this little boy. Can you, can you see the little boy's expression? How awesome is that? This kid has never seen anything like this. Uh, none of us probably have ever seen anything like this. And he looks up with, at Andre with his mouth just wide open, OMG, right? Like that wasn't even a thing. They didn't use abbreviations back then. But, but that's what you see the caption over this kid's face is, oh my goodness, I can't believe you're real. And, and, and I love this picture. I, I love the look of awe. I love that, that in a moment, this kid is transported from the airport, from the rush of his family trying to catch a plane or whatever else is going on. He just steps back and takes it all in. Oh, what if you could step back this Christmas season? Back from the stress of trying to get your Christmas list taken care of. Back from the stress of trying to get your Christmas decorations up. We're doing ours tomorrow. We haven't got a tree yet. I know what that's like. But, but back from all the Christmas parties and all the other stuff that comes around Christmas, what if you could just step back and look up? Oh, he came for me. He died for me. He left heaven for me, what if you could have that all moment again? How different would that affect your interaction with that family member you don't want to see? How would that affect that last two weeks of work that you really don't want to go to? Or that last week of school before exams, right? The, that stress that you have left between now and Christmas. How different would your life look like if we could take that step back? my challenge, my encouragement for you this week, this year, City Church, is to rediscover that look of awe. And some of you, you get it. Some of you get to do that. Some of you this year, you looked up 
Some of you this year, you got baptized. Some of you, you met Jesus for the first time. Some of you, you found a church and got connected and got plugged in. Some of you started serving in ministry this year. Some of you had some awesome look-up moments. I think a lot of us had some incredible look-up moments. If you were a part of City Church, through this transition over the last couple months, man, there's been some moments where I just stepped back and say, oh, my goodness, God, you're so good. God, I can't believe the way that you've moved in our life, the way that you've moved in our church. I can't believe what you're doing for us. I've had some incredible all moments in 2017. 2017 was an all year, especially the second half of 2017. It's been an incredible, incredible ride. But maybe some of us haven't had those all moments. Maybe some of us have had some all moments. Maybe some of us have had, had a year, man, full of, full of some fear, full of some doubt, full of some discouragement. Maybe, maybe some of us have had both. And, man, we, we're going from one all to the other all. Maybe some of us, we can't have that all moment because we're afraid God's mad at us. God knows what I did. Man, he knows what I've been. He knows the way that I've lived. He, he doesn't love me anymore. He's not there for me anymore. Had somebody tell, tell us last night, said, man, I... Before I came to this church, I was at a place in my life where I truly believed God could not love me anymore. Maybe you're at that place in your life today where you truly believe God can't love you anymore. You can't have an all moment with God if you think that he's mad at you, if you think that he hates you, if you think that he's out to get you. You can't have a moment where you step back. If that kid thought Andre the Giant hated him, his facial expression would be a lot different, wouldn't it? He'd have been, oh, heck no, right? I'm out. See if you can catch me, big dude, right? It would have been a totally different picture. He didn't think Andre was out to get him. And you know why? I think it's because of the way Andre responded to him. We always look at the picture's famous because of the kid's expression, but let's look at Andre. Andre looks down. It's harder to see from this angle, but he's got this grin on his face. He's not impatient with the kid. Think about this. Everywhere he's gone for probably the last 20 years of his life, somebody's freaked out over his size. You know how easy it would be to be just cynical? How easy it would be to be jaded? How easy it would be to be just like, man, come on, kid, not today. I'm trying to catch my plane. I don't have time for this. But Andre recognizes this kid's special moment. And he looks down and he appreciates it. And, you know, I don't think that's purely symbolic of God because I think God does a whole lot more than just look down and appreciate your awe. But I think it's moving in the right direction. I think if you could begin to see God even that, and that's not even close to how awesome his response is to us, but if you could even see that as his response, I think it would begin to open up your heart that, you know what, he is still for me. We sang a song today that said, you make all things work together for my good. Do you believe that, City Church? He makes all things. Why? Because here's the promise of his word. His word says, I work all things together for the good of those who love me and are called according to my purpose. Do you love him? Are you called according to his purpose? Then that promise is for you. It doesn't mean he causes every problem in your life. It doesn't mean everything that's ever happened to you is because God wanted it to happen to you. But it means in the midst of everything that comes your way, in the midst of every struggle, in the midst of every trial, in the midst of every pain, in the midst of every bad report from the doctor, in the midst of every time you look at the bank account and there's not as much there that you want, God is at work to make all of it come together for your good. And when we realize that, we got to look up because if we just look at we miss it 
how you view life drives how you do life. My hope is that we would be a church of people who look up, knowing that God is looking upon us with peace and with favor. This is the Christmas story. What is your look up moment the next few weeks, City Church? For some of us, we need to look up and put our faith in Jesus. For some of you, you don't know Jesus. You've never made him Lord of your life. And the first step is to look up and recognize that he came for you and he died for you and he loves you and he's got a plan and a purpose for your life. For some of us, man, we've covered that. For some of us, we need to get involved in ministry and start using our gifts. For some of us, man, God's leading us to, to share, with, share Jesus with somebody. And maybe we don't know where to start. I can give you one great place to start. Invite him to Christmas Eve. How do we look up, man? Some ways, maybe for us, the, you're in a dark place. You're in a dark season right now. Maybe for you, the best thing you can do to look up is just determine, I'm going to be at church the, next, the rest of this year. We got three Sundays left in 2017. Man, I can't barely get out of bed. I can barely even make it to work. I can barely even function right now. But I know that God is for me, and I know he's got something for me. And so even though I don't feel it, and even though I don't see it, I'm going to look up, and I'm just going to commit. I'm going to be at church the next three weeks. That's That's all I can do. Find your look up opportunity. Maybe it's, maybe it's being here at Christmas Eve. Maybe it's bringing somebody Christmas Eve. Maybe it's getting involved in ministry. Maybe for you, a great look-up opportunity is going to be joining us for the Daniel Fast in January. You know what? I'm going to make some sacrifice. I'm going to change the way that I eat, man. When you start changing the way that you eat, a lot of things start to change. Uh, I'm going to press in. I'm going to give God more opportunity to do something in my life this year than I've ever given him before. I'm going to do something different. Man, there's many opportunities we have to look up. I don't know what God is leading you to look up in, but I know if we can look up, it's going to begin to change things. But before we get to any of that, here's my challenge. I want you to look up tonight. Good thing is this time of year it gets dark pretty early, so you don't even got to be a late night person to do this. But sometime tonight, after it's dark, I want you to sneak away. Maybe that means you got to leave somebody else in charge with the kids. Maybe you're a single mom. You got to get like a neighbor to come over, or you got to wait till the kids are in bed. I, I don't know what you got to do. I want you to take five minutes tonight, sneak away, get outside, just you and God, and just look up. Look up to the sky. Hopefully, it'll be a clear night. If it's cloudy, this ruins everything. No. God can still move in the clouds. Amen. I want you to look up. Hopefully, there's going to be some stars there. Hopefully, there's going to be a scene out there. But even if it's cloudy, man, maybe, maybe the, God will bless us and it'll be snowing. That'd be awesome. I want some snow. I know some of y'all rebuked that. Uh, sorry, sorry. It's my birthday's tomorrow, so my, my opinion matters more than yours right now. Uh, just kidding. It is my birthday, though. Uh, I want you to take five minutes and look up. Remember that that's the sky that God pierced 2,000 years ago. That God sent a messenger to some people that everybody else overlooked and everybody else forgot. Why? Because he wanted them to know and he wanted you to know that he sent good news that'll bring great joy. I want you to look up and I want you to begin to speak good news that brings great joy over your look at. What's your situation? What's your circumstance? What's your problem? What's your frustration? What's that thing in life that's discouraging you right now? All of us probably have something. All of us can probably identify something. I want you to begin speaking what God came to bring over what you see in your life. We're going to bring the up over the at. And if we can do that, I truly believe we're going to see God move into our at in some great ways. we got to learn to look up because how we view life changes 
how we do life. Would you pray with me today? Father God, we thank you that you are a good God. God, we thank you that, that you sent good news of great joy for all of us. For every one of us, God, for those of us in this room who are close to you and those of us in this room who are far from you. For those of us in this room who have known you for years and those of us in this room who met you last week, God, you sent good news of great joy. God, we thank you for that. God, we ask you right now to help us to look up. God, to forget all the, the junk around us and to recognize the incredible things that you are up to in our life. God, the incredible things that you are doing. God, even more than that, God, that we would just see who you are. God, if we just have a revelation of who you are, it's going to change how we see how, what's going on in our lives. Lord, help us to remember who you are. Help us to remember what you've spoken. Help us to see what you're up to. God, forgive us for, for spending way more time in look-at mode than we spend in look-up mode. And God, help us to begin to flip that ratio and look up far more than we look at. And we thank you for what you're going to do. Every head still bowed, every eye still closed. I got two questions for you today. I wanna, I'm going to start with this one uh, related to our message. If, if you've been stuck in looking at your circumstances, looking at your past, looking at your frustration, your issue, whatever that looks like, going to ask God, God, I need some strength because the thing that I'm looking at is, is strong. It keeps pulling me back to looking at it. And I know I need to look up. I need to see you. But man, it's just really easy to look at my situation right now. It's just really hard to look at anything else. If you need God's strength to look up, would you just slip up your hand? I want to pray over you right now. I believe that God's going to empower you through his Holy Spirit to, to give you the strength and the courage and the self-control to discipline that I'm not looking at this situation anymore. I'm looking up. Hands all over the room. Keep them up real quick, guys. Keep them Father God, you see men and women all over this room, many of whom I know so well, some of whom, God, I don't know at all. But you know every detail of what they're looking at right now. You know every detail of their frustration, everything going on with their problem, with their, with their junk. God, I pray right now through your Holy Spirit that you give them the power, the strength, and the discipline to stop just looking at their circumstances and begin to look up. And Lord, as they look up, I pray that they see you in your power, in your strength, in your glory. Lord, I pray that they see that you're greater than their situation. You're greater than their problem. You're greater than their frustration. You're greater than their challenge. God, help them to look up, Lord, and see that you are coming to bring help. You're already at work in their situation, even though they don't see it right now, God. But as they see you, remind them that you've got a plan. Remind them that you're working all things for their good, God. Remind them that you're for them and not against them. Help us, God, to look up and quit looking at everything going on in our lives. We thank you for that strength in Jesus' name. Every head still bowed, every eye still closed. Second question for you today. You're here today and before you can start looking up to deal with your situation or, or to get that new filter for what you're going through, you just, man, you, this needs to be your initial look up moment where you look up to Jesus. You've never given him your life. He's not Lord of your life right now. You, he, you need a fresh start with him. You need to let him come in and wash away your sins and make you a new person, make you a new creature, a new beginning. If that's you right now with nobody looking around, every head bowed, every eye closed, would you slip up your hand? I just, I'm not going to embarrass you or call you out or bring you up here. I just want to lead you in a prayer of repentance. It's a prayer to say, you know what, God, I want to make this right with you. I see your hand. Praise God. Anybody else? Count me in on that prayer passage. I need to look up right now and give my life to Jesus. You can put your hand down. Anybody else before we pray this prayer? Awesome. Awesome. I want to lead you in this prayer of repentance. There's nothing magical about these words we're going to say. It's simply an opportunity for your mouth to agree with your heart. 
Bible says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. I think you believe in your heart or you wouldn't have raised your hand just now. You already know he's there. You know that he, he raised Jesus from the dead. You gotta confess him now as Lord. That means he's in charge. He's in control. He's, he's the one who you follow. And if you're ready to do that, to confess him as Lord, I'm gonna lead you in this prayer to repent of your sins, turn from your sins and turn to Jesus. If you're a Christian here and you're right with God today, would you pray this out with us as a show of support for this one who's coming home? Say, Father God, I come before you today. I'm a sinner. I know I haven't lived the way you want me to. So today, I turn from my sin. I turn to Jesus. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me and make me clean. Jesus, I give you the throne of my heart. Be my king, be my Lord, be my savior, be my God. Thank you for dying for me. I choose to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you pray that prayer, the Bible says those same angels who showed up, just a few of them to the shepherds, they got a whole lot more people around them in heaven, and they are celebrating with your name on it right now. Come on, can we join with heaven and celebrate? What an awesome, awesome thing. Real quick, if you made that decision today, three quick challenges for you. Number one, spend some time with God every day. We don't want you to have to do this next week or every week or, or any other week. We want you to know that you're right with God, and that starts by developing a relationship with Him. Spend some time with Him every day. If you don't have a Bible, we have them on the table uh, in the back on the right side, your right side. Make sure and grab one on your way out. We also have a book there called Fresh Start. It's going to help you to walk out this decision that you made. They're free. Take one. Even if you didn't make that decision today, but you need a Bible, or man, you're not really sure where to go in your relationship with God, grab that Fresh Start book. We'd love to put those in your hands. They're free. It's our gift to you today. Second challenge, man, if you don't have one, find a church home. We would love, 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 love to have you here, man. We just did a series called Welcome Home. I want to tell you welcome home. But man, if, if, if this isn't the church for you, that's all right. There's some great churches out there. Find a church that you can grow in, where you can plug in and connect. And lastly, if you've never done it, you need to get baptized in water. We would love to help you to take that step to celebrate with you. Baptism tells the whole world, I want people to know I identify with Jesus. We just did this in a dark room with nobody looking around. Maybe nobody but me knows that you did it. Baptism says, I want everybody to know Jesus is my Lord. It's the best thing you can do. We'd love to help you to take that step. There's a spot on your connection card you can check, or you can just let me know or one of our leaders, and we'll get that set up for you. Can we celebrate one more time, City Church? Such, such an awesome, awesome thing. Guys, we're, we're going to speak out over our lives that he makes all things work together for our good. Would you, would you stand up and just sing and enter in and worship with us? If you're comfortable, slip your hands to heaven and sing this out. God, you make all things work together for my good.